0: So Jennifer, can you tell us a wee bit about your background, how what your thoughts are on this case, mainly sort of at the from the beginning through when Brian Laundry turned up at his parents' house in the van without Gabby. So can you maybe tell us first a wee bit about yourself and then we, we'll chat a wee bit about that? Yes.
1: So my background is I spent 28 years in federal law enforcement, 25 years with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. My specific background is primarily violent crime, gangs, organized crime, and then some foreign counterintelligence in the Weapons of Mass Destruction Division. Um, I also was a member of the Houston SWAT team, the Dallas SWAT team, as well as the San Juan SWAT team and taught firearms for many years for the FBI.
0: So you've worked a lot of huge cases, but what, what are your thoughts on this case? I mean, if we go back to the beginning of this case, you know, there's a young couple who've gone off on an adventure and then one of them comes home and the other one's van by themselves. You know, what do you make of this whole case? Well,
1: when I first got involved in the case, uh, there was a lot of unanswered questions. It, this case just strikes you as one of these that doesn't make sense until you really realize what is at the core of the case and the yeah. core of the case is a horrible domestic violence component yeah and that is this couple was together and on the ostensibly they were extremely compatible they were having this beautiful journey they looked like a cute in love young couple And it was only when the layers were really peeled back over time that you saw this was a horribly controlled young lady through, I believe, a lot of emotional uh, abuse and uh, physical abuse. And you really got to see what was happening when that camera was turned off.
0: Yeah, um, and that's what I was going to say, because we did get to see somebody on the police camera, the police footage footage. and it seemed like, although they were taking his side, mainly, you could tell that she didn't want to be left behind and he takes the van or the or phone or whatever. And I almost feel like you could tell just from that video that what was happening. Well, I think if you look at who was
1: joking around with the police, who was putting on a calm, cool exterior, you know, nothing's wrong. In my opinion was just at the pinnacle of manipulation in this Mm -hmm. case. I mean, that particular moment just shows how good he is at manipulating his circumstances. And then you look at the juxtaposition of that, which is Gabby Petito, completely broken, crying, emotionally just Sad and tormented, not believing in herself. If you listen closely to all the words she said during that video, this is a woman who was completely broken. Yeah, um, and that was so evident when you just look at those two videos
0: side by side. Yeah, and um, so tell, I want to speak a wee bit more about the domestic domestic violence because I feel like this case that's been forgotten about because a how everything else that's happened in the case. What are your thoughts on what's happened since and since he came home and his parents? Because a lot of people have mentioned his parents quite a bit. Yes, the
1: parents took quite a unique and completely unexpected position from the very beginning. When the police knocked on their door to inquire, about Gabby Petito and her being missing on the 11th, they decided not to speak and mm-hmm. in fact, handed them a card indicating to contact their attorney. This is absolutely not what most people do who are concerned about a loved one, mm-hmm. a, daughter, a future daughter-in-law, um, them lawyering up the whole, all the family, not just the parents, but Brian Laundrie was yeah. lawyer at that point. Yeah. So it begged the question, why?
0: Yeah, Why? Because, of course, at this point, there was no body. Yeah. And do you think that's why this case has got so much attention, because they've acted the way they've acted? I think it's a lot of things. First of all, she was
1: a vlogger. They were part of the hashtag van life, which is a movement certainly in the United States where people are trying to make their lives simpler, sell everything off, buy a van and take in nature and sort of see, you know, what everything has to offer in sort of a very simple way. And she was vlogging all of that. So Mm -hmm. she had, you know, a huge number of people following her. So people knew about her. But I think the real reason that people just have clamored onto this case is she's so relatable. Mm -hmm. She was kind and sweet and funny. And I equate it to like a snow globe. You have this beautiful snow globe uh, with this beautiful, idyllic landscape. And then the snow globe was dropped at Moab. And we saw what it really was about and all that has become overshadowed with how the parents have acted, what they've chosen to do. um, Brian Laundrie's disappearance and then being found by his parents. It's so sensational and really right out of a bad movie script Mm -hmm. that the whole domestic
0: violence piece, which is really at the center of this case has been lost. Yeah, and I think that's something that's got to me about this case. Is I have a daughter who's in university right now, um, and as a as a parent of a daughter, do- know a daughter who's grown up. It's it's quite scary, you know. You feel like you, could, you want to protect her, but you know, and I think that's kind of what's got to me about the whole case. But talking about Brian's parents again, te- for listeners here, we're in Scotland. Can you tell them a wee bit about what that would it was like there? Because he was found in a what was a swamp, wasn't it? We don't really understand the sort of landscape, I guess. So to us, it feels strange that his parents went in right after the police had been searching for five weeks, and then the parents have gone in the next day and found him, um, you know, or found his belongings. So can you explain a wee bit about that? That just seems strange. It does
1: seem strange, because I think all of us, after a five-week intensive search with quite sophisticated techniques with dogs, with hundreds of police officials doing very specific grid searches. How could all of this have been missed? But it's not hard to understand if you really do understand how these searches take place. Mm -hmm. And that is initially when the complaint came in, this was the prime location they searched because his car had been parked there very near this entrance. And it was where the parents had communicated with police that he liked to go down this particular path. So law enforcement swoops in with all their techniques and they look at this precise area. However, we had great rains and it's difficult to understand unless you live in Florida. And I live in Florida. The water rises and rises. I have looked out far back and not been able to see a shred of grass. Mm -hmm. It looks like a lake. It can look like a lake. And it takes quite a very long time, of course, as water rains continue to come to recede. And even when it recedes, it's not like a lake or, or not like a river or an ocean that there's movement. It literally just goes down and then ends up being a swampy silt where things can lay. And so when the FBI went in and law enforcement went in and dogs went in, this was a huge lake, if you will, a mm-hmm. big pond, many, many feet deep and law enforcement couldn't get close enough. So they conduct their grid search. And this is a, about a 24,000 acre reserve. Yes. And they had to move on. Mm-hmm. And so they move on and they're searching every place else. Meanwhile, the waters keep receding. I believe whoever was in charge of the investigation, I shouldn't say whoever, it would have been the head of the Tampa Bay office, the SAC, uh, in conjunction with the other SAC in Denver who has the overall jurisdiction of the case. I believe they decided, listen, this has been all these weeks and this huge amount of manpower and time extended. We have to rail back. And my guess is the case agents on the case said, listen, just give us one more go we believe this to be the area. Let me get Chris Laundrie in here to Mm -hmm. show us precisely. So I believe that was on or about October 7th, Chris Laundrie at the request of the FBI joins and goes to this exact same area. Mm -hmm. And they look and look and look, but again, the waters have not fully receded. And again, they find nothing. And at that point, I believe essentially the real search was shut down. That's why you saw training going on there and sort of hodgepodge looking. And then of course the reserve is open to the public Mm. at that point, you know, it's been completely released. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the parents a hundred percent believed he had gone in there and they wanted to go see. And they did the minute they had the opportunity. So do you think the parents knew anything more than what they're saying? If you are asking me, do I think that they knew what happened to Gabby Petito? Do I think they know that their son was responsible for her demise? I think it is very likely. I can't say 100%. But let me say the circumstances that makes me think that. Why, when your son comes home in the fiance's van, pulls up on the first and gets out. Why do they then days later retain a lawyer? Yeah. Now, if he came back and he said, listen, um, Gabby decided to stay with some friends uh, I'm driving the van back. I'm going to go pick her up in a couple of weeks. You know, she wanted to spend some time out there with some other people. That would be plausible to tell your parents as to why you came back. But that wasn't, I don't believe what happened because Bertolino was hired straight away. do
0: you make of Bertolino as well? Because he's very forward, I guess. I find him about iffy as well. I think he's over his head. He's primarily
1: a real estate attorney who I think uh, the family had some confidence and trust in because of their close, close tight relationship. And it seems like just error after error regarding who they decided to retain Mm -hmm. and really that attorney in, in my belief sort of dropped them in the grease in terms of his counsel, which seems to be, according to Bertolino himself, you know, do not cooperate, don't talk to anybody. It seems like so much could have been resolved early on. Now, could they have been exposed if they really did do something bad, such as try to hide anything, hide any of the belongings, clean the van? Could they have been held criminally responsible? Yes. But it has seemed to have snowballed Mm -hmm. out of all the circumstances, in large part, based on their lawyer's guidance.
0: You know, they've discovered his remains. Did, could, firstly, could the parents still face any sort of charges if it was discovered that they they had done any of that?
1: They definitely could have exposure. If, and this would be, in in my opinion, would be the obstruction of justice if they did anything to dispose of any evidence of that crime. For instance. The clothes he wore when that crime took place could have valuable evidence, right? That it could be ripped. There could be part of Gabby's DNA on that clothing. Yeah. Uh, if that was disposed of or if anything was put in the van uh, afterwards, if any of that was cleaned or disposed of, they have some, some exposure. But that is just speculation yeah. because we don't have any information telling us that at this point. And that would probably be very hard to prove as well, wouldn't it? I think the way it could be proven, the only way would be if they made mistakes in terms of text messaging each other or somehow having uh, conversations that were overheard. Or if Cassie Laundrie, who has definitely... I don't want to say lashed out, but she's definitely gone off the path of this closed, tight-lipped, uniform uh, front if she decided to come forward and share information. I doubt if she would ever do that to expose her parents to litigation. But people make mistakes and people text and accidentally say things
0: that later come back and bite them. Yeah, yeah. And know that this is... Now that we've talked about that, I, I want you to go back and talk about the domestic violence thing because, like we said at the beginning, this is what this was. Um, how, how could this have gone differently? I mean, if, say there's other women in this situation. I guess I'm speaking to you as someone who is in law or was in law enforcement. If you've seen stuff like this, mm-hmm. how, firstly, how common is it that something like this would happen? And what can people do? I mean about domestic violence in general, I guess? It's so common at different
1: levels and degrees. Some women are emotionally abused. Some people are verbally abused. I guess that falls in line with the emotional part. And then some people are physically, emotionally, and verbally abused. And it's extremely common. Uh, It's also fairly common for the physicality to go way beyond some slapping and hair pulling and violence uh, to escalate to death, unfortunately. And it's something that if women don't get themselves out of an abusive situation, it's just going to continue to spiral. Mm-hmm. And women often believe they can um, help Their partner, they truly love them and they want to help them be better people. And in virtually all cases, there's this violence or emotional abuse, and then apology, Mm -hmm. followed by forgiveness, followed by something else being done where the man is not in control anymore. And it just keeps going in this cycle, and they become very dependent on this relationship and it almost becomes normal. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping as I know you are that the Gabby Petito case, because it is so in the media and the details that women will recognize the different things that took place, for instance, in that Moab interview that was over an hour long where they could see her excuses that she was making Mm -hmm. for him. And when she said, why hit him first? Well, he didn't really hit me, he sort of grabbed my face. Um, you know, he never believed I could be a successful vlogger, all this, you know, how he put it and recognize that as things they're going through and that they might be doing. Are they making excuses for their um, you know, boyfriend or fiance or husband?
0: Because that's something else I wanted to ask you. I mean, the family are probably saying, why did we not realize that this was happening? So what can families look out for? Can families look out for something? And what should people do? What should they do if they think there is a case of domestic violence happening?
1: Well, I I will say I do struggle to believe that this was their first rodeo. Mm-hmm. I don't think they just went off on this van adventure, having never had a yeah. serious domestic situation or that he didn't have her under their thumb for Months prior to this outing, and they lived, as you may know, under the roof of the laundries for about a year. So, I find it very hard to believe that this wasn't a known situation. And actually, Cassie, in some of her interviews, has sort of floundered back and forth on what she's seen that might have been inappropriate in terms of how they treated each other.
0: And uh, it just doesn't escalate to this degree overnight. What advice would you give to women who are in that situation in a domestic violence situation before it gets to where it got with Gabby Petito? What advice would you give to them? What would you say? I would say this. First of all, the reason people don't leave their
1: situations is they don't think they have a way out financially. Typically, it's all sadly about finances. And I would say to those women... You, in most cases, they do have a support system, whether it's their mom and dad or a sister, a sibling, a best friend. And it's just at that point, they've got to reach out and ask for help so that they can remove themselves from the situation, get a job, help with their education so that they can be on their own two feet. If they have children, remove them from the situation and don't go back. It's so hard. But in this, in the situations that I'm the most familiar with in situations that happened in cases, that is always at the crux of why they don't leave Mm -hmm. is they don't think they can make it on their own after their loved one, you know, their boyfriend spouse has been telling them you're worthless. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything. You're an idiot. And it's just all reinforced and they have no uh, perception that they are as wonderful as they are.
0: Yeah. Um, so, what would you say to them if
1: if they they want to leave? What would you say to them? Number one, seek the support of your family and friends because you cannot do it alone initially. Um, number two, you must completely block that individual from your life, meaning social media, everything blocked, telephone blocked, where you are staying unknown. You need to make a completely clean break so that you can escape this web, really, that you're in. You can't keep any tentacles a hold. Let this person be a hold of you in any way.
0: Yeah. And going back to the case, just before I finish with you, now that these remains have been found and stuff, what do you think is next for this case? Where will it go now?
1: Well, the FBI has to make a clear determination about who committed this murder. Most people in the public, the media, law enforcement believe it was Brian Laundry, But they are going to have to show evidence. You know, mm-hmm. it's got to because I tell you what, if they don't, then we could have a murderer on the loose. If they yeah. were investigating and it wasn't Brian Laundry, and they haven't proven it's Brian Laundry, it could be somebody else. So they need to make a um, determination as to who killed Gabby Petito. So that will continue on. I think that there has to be some uh, determination regarding the parents and any uh, possible movement regarding uh, criminal charges against them. I thought it was interesting in listening to Mr. Bertolino's uh, interview with- um,
0: Ashley um, Banfield.
1: Yes, Ashley Banfield. And he said words to the effect of, I've been in communication Um, with the FBI talking about the parents. And I thought that that is one thing that really caught my attention. Why is the FBI talking to him specifically about the parents? And that made me think strictly based on that and the circumstances
0: we all know that perhaps they are considering some exposure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jennifer, thank you so much for chatting to me about the case and about the domestic violence as well. It was really nice to speak to you. So thank you. Nice to speak to you as well. Christina Littleson, Pulse 98.4